the workforce in public libraries is hands down the most important value that we contribute. I'm really excited about how library staff get training in technology so that they can help patrons and that they can also focus on their own professional development. I'm also really excited about a lot of the results from the survey about the challenges libraries are facing in providing digital literacy assistance or training. These comments from the survey can inform state library agencies to better support our public libraries. Hello and welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries Podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. I'm Kathleen Hughes. Today, we're having an insightful discussion about PLA's 2023 Public Library Technology Survey. Joining us are... Sarah Gerk, Project Manager for Data and Research at the Public Library Association. Dan Hensley, Staff Training Development Coordinator at Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh. Heidi Fendrick, Data Coordinator at the Utah State Library. This is Sarah. I'm here with Dan and Heidi, members of PLA's Measurement, Evaluation, and Assessment Committee to talk about the 2023 Public Library Technology Survey. This is one of PLA's rotating cycle of annual topical surveys. The technology survey was first administered in 2020. 2023 is the first time the cycle has come back around, giving us a chance to collect updated data and see how the field has changed. The report of the national results from 2020 is available on the PLA website. So Dan and Heidi, to start, what stood out to you from the results of the 2020 technology survey? I think the result that really caught my eye the most from 2020 were the responses to the question about physical lending of technology, so like hotspots, laptops, things like that. I think something like a third of respondents said that they were actively doing that in 2020, which is interesting to me from a couple different perspectives. For one, just coming into 2020, I think the question for me would have been, maybe have we seen the peak of device lending? Thinking about how programs like Lifeline offering subsidies for people to get data plans and devices, and then also like the market kind of moving to offer more low barrier, if maybe not actually like low cost plans and devices would have increased adoption to a point where maybe device demand would go down for lending. But then of course, COVID hit. So that came with this huge increased need for connectivity, which led to increased visibility of that issue around digital divide. And then subsequently, a lot of funding, which then went the libraries. So I guess this data point was really interesting to me, just showing that like a third of libraries were offering this service going into 2020, which means that's like already on one hand pretty prevalent, but there's also a lot of room for growth if we were able to demonstrate need. When we looked at the 2020 library technology survey results for Utah, we found that only two of our Utah libraries were circulating hotspots, which was kind of shocking for us considering that the majority of our libraries are in rural parts of the state with not great connectivity. So the survey data helped us to direct millions of dollars in ECF grant funding to libraries for hotspots and laptops. We now have over 5,000 devices in circulation throughout the state, which every time I'm out on the road, I visit libraries all over the state. That is the number one thing that they talk about when I'm there, how much those hotspots have helped their patrons just participate in their lives with their kids doing homework and being able to work from home, accessing telehealth services. The data also helped us ensure that library hotspots were included in our state digital equity plan, which will help us secure more library funding in the future. Lending technology data was really interesting. Um, just so we have the official data points on the record, it was about a third of libraries overall lend hotspots and about a half lend some type of device, including hotspots, laptops, tablets, and e-readers. And that question is on the 2023 survey again. So it'll be really interesting to see um, what we learn um, in terms of what has changed kind of post-pandemic now, three years later. 
You were both involved in looking at the 2020 survey and figuring out how we wanted to make changes or what new questions we might ask in 2023 to make sure we're capturing the most relevant data to the field. Dan particularly has been on the committee for a few years now. Dan, can you tell us a little bit about how the committee was engaged in developing and revising the survey this year? Our real focus was on making the survey easier and shorter. We went through many rounds of revisions and, and Sarah and Katina Jones, our PLA staff liaisons, were very patient with us because we were really spending a lot of time nitpicking language and just like trying to remove and condense questions, which is harder than it sounds. And in particular, we really were focused on removing anything that was at all duplicative of what's already collected in the IMLS Public Libraries Survey. The focus really here is on new data that complements other surveys that that are out there. The other part was adding new questions about things that were emerging or seemed important in the field. So adding questions about like digital navigators, staff training, library engagement, and digital equity planning. All that was based on our perspectives and kind of perspectives from other stakeholders that we were able to talk to, making sure that we were collecting data to support advocacy at a national level that would also be useful at the local level. As a result of all that work, what are you most interested in learning from the 2023 survey and the results that we get from libraries? One thing that I'm really excited about is how library staff get training in technology so that they can help patrons and that they can also focus on their own professional development. I think about this one a lot because the workforce in public libraries is the most important value that we contribute across the country. The investments libraries are making in building staff capacity will pay dividends both in the local level and in the profession at large. That said, everything is changing so fast now and the resources tend to be flat or reduced. So I guess what I'm just interested to see is if this is something that the field's prioritizing, you know, amongst other things, or like the prevalence of investing in ongoing learning to meet community needs. And I should also say, because we're kind of fresh off of analyzing and talking about the results from last year's survey, which was on focused on services and programming and outreach. Something that came up a lot when we were talking about that was we weren't asking questions about technology and digital literacy programming in that survey because that's on the technology survey. So I'm looking forward to seeing those numbers because I think that'll really flesh out our picture when combined with the 2022 results. There's a lot, in my opinion, to be excited about in this upcoming survey. And what about you, Heidi? You have a slightly different perspective at the state level. What data is going to be most interesting to you? I'm also really excited about a lot of the results from the survey. The open-ended questions about new or emerging technologies the libraries are interested in supporting or developing related training around, the challenges libraries are facing in providing digital literacy assistance or training. These comments from the survey can inform state library agencies to better support our public libraries. Also, the new data about circulation of tablets and hotspots is 100% going to inform the changes that are underway right now to the Universal Service Fund, or E-rate. The FCC is pushing for hotspots to be eligible, and this data is going to be used in the committee hearings that are coming up. So if hotspots do become eligible for E-rate, then libraries would be able to bill 60% of their costs to the government, which would be huge. A lot of our libraries would really benefit from that in Utah. So I can imagine across the field that would make a big difference. Right now, we don't have a lot of good data on digital literacy support systems. So we know that IMLS's next big priority is going to be literacy. So digital literacy really has to be a huge part of that. If libraries are going to make the case for continued funding, then we have to show a strong correlation between digital literacy program attendance, training, and building digital literacy in libraries. So I really think that this data combined with our state survey data can help make that case. 
I think we are all probably self-professed uh, data nerds as members of MIAC. Um, so what would you say to our listeners about why they should participate in the survey and why it's important for their libraries to be engaged? We need participation to get data to make the results a powerful and useful tool that they are. So this is information we want and we can't know unless we ask. There's no other national data set that gathers this information. We worked really hard to simplify the survey. It's mostly multiple choice or check all that apply questions. You're not going to have to like dig up annual output measurements or like the kinds of things that you put into your survey for the state. It is things that you'll probably have handy. It does translate to really valuable data. And across the field, people can use this for planning technology services and, and just generally advocating for library funding at the local level. But then it's also sort of builds up to being really helpful at the national level, too. That's all because people participate. And this would be a great thing to get done. It makes a huge difference. And now a quick word from the Public Library Association. Hi, everybody. It's Kathleen Hughes with PLA. I just wanted to take a minute to let you know that registration is now open for the PLA 2024 conference, scheduled to take place April 3rd through 5th in Columbus, Ohio. Visit placonference.org to get more information and to register. And now, back to the show. And Heidi, you work with libraries across the state of Utah on their data and evaluation practices. So what are you going to be telling them about why they should also participate in the survey? I do let them know that the responses will provide us with a lot of nationally representative data that we can use to engage and inform stakeholders, both at the local level and at the national level. And then with enough participation at the state level, this data will also be useful to inform our state initiatives, including our broadband and digital equity programs. And it's also really helpful for us to learn what other libraries across the country are doing and to understand how we can do better and track progress over time. To participate, public libraries can log into their free account at librarybenchmark.org. All public libraries in the U.S. are invited to take part, and their participation, as you've heard, is essential for this data to be useful to the field. PLA will be publishing a free report on our website and making the data available via Benchmark by next summer, as the 2020 results are available um, already. Final question to, to wrap up, Dan and Heidi, how do you anticipate using these results once they're available, and how do you anticipate that the data can be used across the field? For Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh, 2024 is actually going to be a new strategic plan year. And so I think we're extra excited about these results so that we can do some benchmarking. Strategic plans tend to be a very high level thing. And then like the fun part is once the board approves it, you get to actually turn it into measurable activities. And so I'm looking at having this fresh data for technology, which is something that will figure really largely into that strategic plan. And I think that's going to be a huge boon for us when we're planning out our activities and how we're going to measure them. And I would say even if someone out there doesn't have a strategic plan hitting next year, there is so much funding coming down the pike right now for technology that it's really a good time for anybody to be looking strategically at technology-related activities. And so I think this data set is going to be really helpful for anybody who's trying to be strategic and, and maybe trying to make a case to get some funding. In Utah, we anticipate using the results, and I, I really feel strongly that the library field should be using them for this purpose as well but to focus on alignment with the Digital Equity Act and our state digital equity plans. So all 56 states and territories have federal money coming for services, technology, and staff time. So libraries can make a stronger case for getting that funding when they can say that they have a history of offering these programs or services consistently, or a history of stepping up our programs or services in response to community needs or evolving needs. 
Library services are already aligned with the anticipated activities that are covered in the Digital Equity Act. So for connectivity, that looks like free public Wi-Fi, parking lot Wi-Fi, mobile hotspot lending, or any device lending, and then device access and distribution. So public computers, laptops for checkout, refurbishment programs, personal health navigating technology, so digital navigator programs, book a librarian, or just having really knowledgeable library staff that the community can have access to. And then digital literacy programs, so classes, drop-in labs, and again, just library staff. So the data backs of libraries who are putting themselves at the front of those digital equity conversations. Thank you, Dan and Heidi. So I hope all of you listening to this podcast today will participate in the 2023 Public Library Technology Survey and encourage other public library colleagues to do so as well. That was Sarah Geck, Project Manager for Data and Research at PLA, Dan Hensley, Co-Chair of PLA's Measurement, Evaluation, and Assessment Committee, also known as MEAC, and Coordinator of Staff Training and Development at the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh, and Heidi Fendrick, a member of MEAC and State Data Coordinator at the Utah State Library Division. To find out more about PLA surveys, visit pla.org. To hear more FYI episodes, visit publiclibrariesonline.org. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.